Hi, Slip Angle listeners. This is Rob from Fields Auto Works and Fields Engineering. We're really excited to be supporting great content on Slip Angle, and we hope you'll find your way over to our social media pages to see some of the exciting work that we're doing. Fields Auto Works has Cardinal Coupes being delivered and Toyota Coupes in build for testing this summer, with more exciting models on the near horizon. If you're ready for supercar performance for under $70,000 or professional prototype speed for under $150,000, stop by FieldsAutoWorks.com to see what we offer. At Fields Engineering, we have openings for major builds, arrive and drive customers, and medium to large engineering projects. We have capabilities ranging from whole composite body scratch builds to 3D scanning and printing to trackside support. We're also thrilled to be supporting regular guy racing with Colton Wade driving in GLTC and the exciting new Future Frontrunners initiative to promote women in club racing. As a Fields customer, you get the combined experience of IndyCar builders, IMSA veterans, aerospace engineers, and lifetime racers working on your next big endeavor. If that sounds like a team you're interested in working with every day, you can also contact us about our open shop positions. Find Fields Auto Works on social media and at fieldsautoworks.com, and find Fields Engineering on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. swears oh yeah there's there was gonna be swears on this podcast no, fine we, we've got a parental advisory since 2015 <laughs> so, we're good yeah it's fine um how are you buddy you went kayaking today and funerals and, yeah 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 i was supposed to be ready like two hours ago but or i don't even know what time it is because my clock on my stove i'm in front of it isn't correct because i'm a degenerate it is. but i was supposed to be here about an hour and some ago <laughs> It's, and I'm sitting. It's not I'm even. Sitting. T- it's not even ten o'clock. It's no big deal, man. We're good. Yeah. See exactly. My my stove is call, telling me it's ten twenty four, which is a lie. Uh, and my, I got my phone up in my face. My wall is telling me it's nine fifty, so we're in good shape. Perfect. Yeah. Right on time of eight o'clock. Yeah. Uh, we started talking at eight o'clock, and now we're doing a podcast. So, um, Dalton Klein, you run. You've ran Sunday Cup and Track Mod with us. You've been and street. Uh, yeah. What what did you run in street? Oh, the Camaro. Oh yeah. my my Camaro. It's very yeah. failing me. Yeah. I've just V6 been everywhere Camaro. terribly. Um and uh, so for listeners of Ten Tense Podcast, you have the trailer that says Ten Tense Podcast and has my big dumb face on it. And yep, usually it's has Ten Tense Paddock. It was yeah. <laughs> they're even it's kind of a surprise that uh, they're claiming it as Ten Tense Paddock, even though None of them can be bothered to show up to it anymore. Well, and, and Adam was like literally stuck at the dyno all weekend, and uh, uh, you threw I, uh, you threw a good party, even though I never saw you there. There was a hot tub. There was a there was like I think I I left right before the good part started because I think I left right when the concert was ending. So I'm like nothing's happening tonight. And then I get to the hotel with my ride and here. There's all sorts of shenanigans going on there, and I almost wanted to come back. But you then, should have came back, man. It was wild. 
I didn't hear you. Le you left pretty early, I heard. No, well, I mean, it was late for me, but so I I played this Midwest Festival a little bit uh, a little bit responsible. I was uh, drinking minimally or not at all, but I also didn't sleep very much. So like it was like a two to three a.m. bedtime. How do you not drink much when you're playing beer pong? Uh, I had like a beer, and I don't even like beer, so. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get a hookup with the unit earlier. And the unit was a fun. That was a good time, man. We we marched around that entire place. They, they, I forget where they found me. They just kind of like randomly found me, and I got sucked into being a part of the unit. So. Um, I got sucked in trying to bring you tools to break into a car. See, I thought you were there the whole time, so that there was no, a lot of people. because I showed up when the pit showed up. Yeah, at I, Spectator Hill. I only got there at Spectator Hill. So, like, thinking, I was very tired. This is Saturday night. Thinking back on it, like, I was like, Dalton was there the whole time, but then I thought, oh, no, Dalton came up with uh, with a car. <laughs> so. A car with, with yeah. utilities to break into other cars. Yeah. That's yeah. why... I, after we had already Sam broken into it. Dan. Yeah, and then at that point, we were just following you around, which was kind of a disappointment. We had to drive a car around, which way past where I should be driving a car around. I thought it was really fun how Sam would be, like, uh, walking into random campgrounds, and then she would say, hey, guys, do you guys have any beer? And, like, they would they'd be like, oh, man, this cute girl wants to drink with us. And then they would give her beer, and then she would leave. <laughs> <laughs> Literally leave. It, it was less than 30 seconds. She yeah, just she'd told, be like, oh, no, no, chat, 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 leave. Cooler, yeah. Grab four beers, go back. Four people she's never met before in the unit. Drop those four <laughs> beers off. Go the other side. Come back with four beers. She could source a 12-pack of beer in a minute, I'm oh, pretty it, certain. Literally under two minutes at the very worst. Yeah, like worst case yeah. scenario, it's just, it's 120 seconds. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, it uh, I I overall thought it was a really good Midwest festival. I still have fond memories. Listening to uh, Mr. Nielsen talk about it made me want to go back. When he said, "Just I want to go back," it was so good, uh, and uh, that made me happy. But uh, you drove. It your, was a good year. Yeah, it was a good one. You drove your Corvette though, and you went fast. You got up into Group A. Um, yeah, I got in the back end of Group A and driving it very responsibly and not that terribly aggressive and. So, so you did like basically a full thrash, but also like simplification rebuild on that car. What, uh, what is the car and what did, you, how did it go? So I guess we go over the car. It's, uh, 2007 Corvette Z06. I bought it wrecked, fixed it up. Probably been over this if anyone's listened a long time. So it, it's a toy salvage car. Cause that's just the cheaper way to get a car. It's had a new frame rail in it, which I just found out recently. He's putting the cage in it. And that's a, that's an aluminum one too, right? Yep. It is an aluminum one. Yep. So, um, so rebuilt it, had a streetcar for a while, then started doing road course stuff in SCCA and just kind of kinda dove down a hole. And now here I am with a stripped-out caged Corvette. And then at um, – NOLA, I think the only time you guys went to NOLA, correct? Right. Yeah, we've been there once. I broke broke my bell housing all the way around, and I told myself, man, if I'm going to pull a bell housing, it's time to put a sequential in the car, because that's, <laughs> that's just what people do. Right. And then when I was putting the sequential in, pulled the main caps off my 
crank and there's wear, so I rebuilt the bottom end. And early on, knowing Z06 things, C6 Z06 things that uh, heads drop bells, I rebuilt those early on, way before this. Right. Maybe three years earlier, rebuilt the engine. What is it, LS7? Is that what that is? Yep, LS7. And what sequential did you end up going with? Samsonis, the one that Jeremy couldn't get to shift, but uh, just the other guy, he just has the best time with his. I've seen him (laughs) multiple times at um, Super Lap Battle and has another C6 Z06. And him and Jeremy are buddies and got him at the same time. And his were yeah. great, and Jeremy's just had problems the whole time along. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, Eric Fleming, right? Yep, Eric Fleming. And every time I see him, he is just turning laps, having the best time. Dude, making that car great... sounds so boss, too. Like it, it, it's that's so, what I was saying. It sounds making so the, good. Making the greatest sounds, making the greatest shifts, just pops yeah. and bangs, and revving the shit out of his, his LS7 that yeah. didn't blow up. Is that still an LS7 or no? I, well... It's probably L7 base. It's probably some right more research or something fancy. Right, right now, he's rebuilding his as well, I, I'm pretty sure. So. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. assumed he was just out having the best of times, and I wasn't. No, uh, he had a – what is the supercharged version? That's a ZL1? Uh, ZR1 is ZR1, the yeah. Corvette. He had, yeah, I think he had a ZR1, crashed at Road Atlanta, had track insurance, um, and it was like a full prep track car too. Uh, got a big old check and then bought this pre-built race car and then proceeded to spend a whole boatload of money on it. Um, it's a really, really nice build, though, and it sounds incredible. It's been at the past couple of Super Lap battles. So. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. Watching it on the back straight and really just shipping car. and slamming gears is a good time. What has your, sounds great. Yeah, what has your experience with sequential been? Um, I, last year I had a sequential the whole year and I blew up an engine in like four hours worth of drive time. Right. So, so rebuilt the engine and I dropped a valve on my brand new American Heritage Performance heads. I'll, I'll call, I'll name drop because <laughs> after spending $3,000 and getting two, three years of use out of their heads, that was supposed to be... Perfect, and, and two or three years of like not a lot of days either. But no, it's it was. I mean, not a street car, not anything more than that. It's been pretty much a race car since I had it. I probably put five hundred miles on the street on it since I've owned it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. So when stuff dropped goes the belt and it but... destroyed my whole short block I just rebuilt. It and... destroyed everything. The like the pictures that you had in the chat were unbelievable. Yep. It. It had a hole in the block towards the timing chain, a hole in the block towards the out, outer of the block, all the way through the inner wall, and the, the sleeve of the cylinder is gone. It was destruction piston, that I've never seen on an LS. <laughs> it really it really wanted to go. The the bell stem and guide, I can't believe the guide shot out of it, too, went through the, the bell cover, ended up on my splitter, which it took me like six months to find because I didn't tear it down until the winter and I was pulling it apart and there's the valve stem and the guide sitting on my splitter. Yeah, it was crazy destruction. But... And piston and two. Where did it blow up? What what event? So that was mid-Ohio. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because then you, didn't you guys buy a Camaro? <laughs> yeah, that was our goal was to take a Camaro on the road course the next day. That was a really bad Oh, no, Camaro. no. That was, yeah. I blew it up on Saturday morning, like 8 a.m. And right. me and Tommy, I'm like, 
find a car for under a thousand dollars that we can do a couple laps. I have a ticket. We'll make some laps. And the best thing we could come up with was this LS1 Camaro automatic that was rusted to shit. And not a good car. No, but the LS1 was running, and it's in my. 56 Chevy that's sitting in my stacker right now because I don't got a place in the garage to store it. So. Oh, you did actually pull the you pulled the car apart. Huh? Yeah, I pulled the car apart and had it, and I parted out, and I got my money back basically nice. for it, and I got a free engine. Nice. So putting it in the uh, in the old shoebox, huh? Yeah, the old shoebox. Yeah. So it's in there on motor mounts. Just need to find a transmission to put in it, so yeah. or buy one and. <clears throat> It'd be in my garage, but I'm currently expanding my garage, and I have like a 18 foot dip, 18 inch dip in front of my garage to dirt because I dug out all the concrete approach yeah. to my garage. It seems like you, so you're a landlord, you have a day job, <clears throat> you got a lot going on, uh, but you're also like rebuilding your entire house. Um, that doesn't I mean, I mean, that doesn't seem like fun, man. Why you? What are you doing I mean, all this for? <clears throat> I don't know because I don't trust people. I don't like paying people to do things, I guess. So I'm adding a 40 by 70 garage on most of the way myself. I'm going to have people help. You're doing a 40 by 70 garage? Yeah, if I'm going to build one, I'm going to build it once and be done. that is a serious unit right there, man. That's... Are you stick framing it or is it pole barn? Like, what's the... So, I don't know. Some people know I live in an earth home, so my garage had a two foot or more dirt on top of it so right. i'm going to tie into that so i'm going to light form probably about 60 70 percent of it and then i'm going to stick frame the front and then tie back in so that's insane. i'm going to continue with the earth home approach but what's a so so for people who don't know what's an earth home so i guess it's a stupid house that no one should ever buy if you ever want to expand or do anything more that's <laughs> <laughs> it's so for the most part, it's just a house that's partially underground. It's like living in a basement with no right. roof above it. It's a little so, bit, little bit of a geothermic benefit where it's like always fifty-five degrees in the earth. So, right. so the main part is so the house portion isn't completely underground like the garage because you have to have egress windows and stuff like that. And if you have a, a complete earth home that has dirt over top of it, you have to have escape hatches. Okay. With drop-down rope ladders, etc., so you can. For fire code, I know this because once you own earth home, I guess you dig into them. But my garage doesn't have those laws, so I have two foot of dirt on top of my garage and just stupid overbuilt house. My whole house is built on 2x12s on 12-inch centers, and my garage has – it's a 24x26 and has two 16x16-inch I-beams supporting it. Oh, my gosh. With a post in between them. That's like that's like hundred thousand pounds supportable, like that's insane. Which goes back to how I was, you know, drive cars on top of my garage and park them up there. And yeah, I've, I've actually seen. Winch, winch my Jeep up and you know, <clears throat> yeah. repel my my walls. Yeah. You literally could drive a vehicle on top of your house as well, like actually. Could. Oh yeah. Like you had uh, you had Eman's Volvo sitting oh. up on top there, right? Yep, when he blew it up and I pulled it home from... How'd you no get it up there? It was blown up. How'd you, how'd you get it there? It uh, just had rod knocker. Oh, okay. So it, we drove it up there. <laughs> it sat up there for a good four four months. and <laughs> It's just on top of the... 
on top of the house. No big deal. All right, so we managed and we swapped that over the weekend, and it was, that was a good time. Yeah, he's a good dude. I like that guy. I do, too, if he shows up. <laughs> yeah. If he could be bothered to hang out. Yeah, that was – when did that blow up? That blew up at NOLA? That blew up at NOLA on the way to NOLA, and I pulled it home. And I think that was the I first forgot, time – how that, did he get home? I don't know. I think that was the first time we met him. Like I in, think it is, too. In real life. I don't know. That was a why. That was – a wild weekend that, since yeah. everything was everyone broke that we were there with 2020 was out of control and that was like a nice uh november cap off of 2020 i'm like personally i shredded two hubs on a trailer and three tires uh fixed three oil leaks on my rv and man i i don't remember anything about that event except for post-event we partied in New Orleans and then came back and we were like, hey, there's golf carts here that we rented. We're just going to use all the batteries or the gas or I don't remember if the gas or batteries. And we ended up like being on the racetrack looking for gators and 2 a.m. And like I had the best freaking time on Sunday night of that event. <laughs> so, Sunday night. Wow. Yeah, Sunday night and the skid pad was open and we might have done drift car things at 2 a.m. And. It was gnarly, dude. <laughs> that I kind of wish I was there, but Saturday night, since I blew, I broke my bell housing all the way around and knew I wasn't going to source a bell housing and drop a torque tube and all that stuff. So when, when a so bell housing I, breaks all the way around, like how does that happen? Do you have any idea? It was, so my motor mounts were shot, shot, shot. Like they had two inches of play up and down. Right. It's just a notorious Corvette thing that I probably should have fixed before that. Two so. inches of play? Yeah, after I took them off, they would move up and down two inches of play, and I just got aftermarket way nicer units now. And then when I was in there, I did the um, uh, differential too, which since on a Corvette, I mean, technically, I mean, your engine, torque tube, bell housing, and differential are all mechanically connected. So if your motor mounts are shifting a whole bunch, it has to give somewhere if you're motor wants to twist that much and it's not holding solid so so, so it broke the it literally broke the bell housing all the way around so and it was because nola's front straight is so wavy i was spinning tires at over 100 miles an hour grabbing traction spinning grabbing traction right so it's both i mean the real situation was that my car wasn't put together correctly and wasn't ready for it <laughs> Well, I still have a track mod record as long as no one else ever shows up there. I got a participation trophy. I think you also have the overall record, didn't you? No, there was a a C7 something or another on slicks that has overall. Oh, that's right. There was C7. And I think Jackie was there too, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Jackie was faster also. Right. Yep. Yeah. I think those are the two cars faster. There might have been another one. Yeah, you went really. I mean, was a, there was a stack field. You went really fast in like the one lap that you had. But well, that was actually. So I did a test session, and I always I don't do any pre work. So just went in the test session, went slow, and kind of felt out the track. And then I had my fast session, and I left my phone on my windshield. Right. So I went. My first lap, I go take my first corner, and I see my phone just go from my right side all the way to my left side in my windshield tray. Mm. Like, holy shit. So that whole lap, I was just going, you know, 60 miles an hour trying to not lose my phone <laughs> and stay out of people's way. So I just, like, 
kind of gauged who was behind me and got out of the way for the straightaway. And as no one was behind me, I went for the corner and then, yeah, that was the whole deal. And I only made like two or three fast laps that were timed and came down with a reasonable time. It's, I know I had so much more time on the table if I put it down. Right. But I got a trophy. That's my only trophy I got with a grid life. Hey. It's my, when it broke. It's all that matters, man. And that that place It's was... a small first place trophy. It's not like any of the other first place trophies because you guys went to a different vendor for that one. Because mm-hmm. if I get a first place trophy, it can't be full sized. I, I don't even remember. 2020 was a thousand years ago. Yeah. Dude, that, that track was so cool because it had that covered grid, though. The covered grid was incredible. Like. That's nice. I actually have a picture in my hallway here. Like, literally, the grid. Like the like, it's hundreds of feet long, and the entire yep. grid has like a pavilion over it. It was in, it was amazing. It was it was so cool. So. And Larry Chen took a picture of my car, and it's on my. Oh yeah, that's right. I know that picture. Yeah. An eighteen by twenty four yeah. or something on my my hallway now. Yeah, there was the, that event. Like, did have Such kind a... of it had like a really good like vibe to it because it was. It was kind of last minute. As soon as SEMA announced that they weren't going to do a SEMA, um, we, like, literally it was within minutes that we finalized that that contract and announced that we were going to do that event, but um, because it was the same weekend. But it was, okay. a, it was a really, really cool event. Uh, man, it's it feels like a thousand years ago, though. I barely remember it. It, it really does, and to Bourbon Street, got all messed up, and then, like I said, Ryan, everyone that I was with, Dusty's car had an ignition problem, Ryan blew up his S2000, and yeah. then once everyone has problems, you just start drinking at is that where you 10 met, in the morning. Is that where you met Sam? Yes, that is where I met Sam. Yeah, your, uh, your, your current... Uh... Your current girlfriend. girlfriend, yeah. Yep, yeah, that was a bad, I don't know, vegetarian and everything, and she walked in, me and my one buddy that flew down that's never flown on a plane before, just out of this world, we've been drinking since 10 in the morning or more. And As soon as the car blew up, it was... <laughs> yeah, as soon as you know it's done, you just start drinking, right? It's just party time. I guess, yeah. And she's vegetarian, and me and him are sitting there, because I smoke a pork ass every every weekend at the racetrack that every Saturday at the racetrack and me and him are just meat clawing that way at it with our hands and talking about fucking fat bitches and all the same chicks we fucked and she walks in <laughs> and somehow somehow she's attracted to any of us so I I recall <laughs> Saturday night it was pouring rain and I walked over there and I remember seeing you and her the first time I saw you guys together and because Sam had kind of like just been to a bunch of grid lifes and was just there to hang out, um, and like didn't seem to know anybody in particular, but she just always went to grid life. Um, and I remember seeing you and her walking across the paddock, and you had one shoe on, <laughs> and you were you were you were you were just like shit faced, and and it was kind of adorable. <laughs> No, I was quoted saying that where we're going, we don't need any shoes. I was so surprised. I, I remember hearing shoes. that. Yep, I remember hearing that. Yep. That was the worst hangover ever and the worst drive home, and I'm glad I got my uh, chauffeur, Brian Seiler. Yeah, got to have that he guy. He doesn't trust me driving, so he drives my truck and trailer. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, he, you're like you tow a stacker, what, 53-footer, 48-footer? 
But it, you bought the thing for what? Trust me driving it, so. Didn't you buy that thing for six thousand bucks? <laughs> yeah, I could have bought it for like four if I wasn't such a fucking idiot. Because <laughs> you overbid yourself. Yeah, I did overbid myself. I was going to spring kickoff, my first grid life. Right, I remember that. I was driving to go to Robbie Beer House place, a ten test podcast, and and I was like three minutes till the pot, the bidding ended, and they had two options, like just max bid or auto bid up. Mm-hmm. And I missed a corner, and I just fucking panicked. Like, fuck it, I don't care. I bet six thousand dollars, but it did have two eighty-gallon air compressors that I sold for twenty-two hundred bucks. So really, dude. That's so a... really, I had like thirty-eight hundred bucks into it. But then last yeah. year, I put all new bearings and tires. Has, and... Yeah, because it has those never lube axles that are impossible to source. That are a couple hundred bucks a bearing, and then all the brakes were shot, which were. 400 bucks a break and blah 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 blah. Right. next thing you know i'm at ten thousand dollars into it but in the grand scheme of it's things, a I've... really big trailer oh it's awesome yeah it's I, a I, big the problem trailer. is once you have that big a trailer i don't think i can downsize no you gotta take everything with you that's why it's nice to have everything there yeah you like roll your big old it... pick card in your toolbox you got the smoker toolbox, i got a welder i got all my there's know, people sleeping tools. up on the lift like everything is there Yep, it's it's hard to go back. And they also kind of double as a garage too. So. Yep, exactly. Which yeah. this last weekend, I actually finally bought the crash wrap. So if I had to park my car outside, I wouldn't have to. All right, uh, Midwest Fest. I bought crash wrap. So if my car's outside in the rain, it won't have to be a wet seat. And I completely forgot at home because if you have a fifty foot trailer, it'd be a shame if you brought everything with you. It would. Yeah, you got to bring that sticky stuff, man wrap those windows that stuff's nice it's pretty it, the only I've used it I've, I stole a couple pieces of it from uh, ASM one time and when I pulled it off I was I had to spend like five minutes like cleaning the residue off so I would love to see all the options in crash wrap but. I've used it a couple times now and it pulls off without residue but I've only left it on for like a day or two whatever the whatever the stuff that I had it left a bunch of sticky like like trapezoid shaped like sticky things and i had to goo on them off and then buff it all out so yeah. oh i've used the cheapest shit amazon had to offer and it hasn't let me down all right i need a link to that that's stuff that i need to have but um so your car what did you put in there engine wise sorry i'm munching down yeah. mac and cheese like the yeah, degenerate you, i am yeah you gotta eat the mac and cheese what did you put engine wise into the corvette so I just bought, because I'm lazy and I don't trust myself working on engines anymore because I blew one up in no time. I just bought the LS3 525-horse crank engine. So it has just, just like the a, GM's hot cam in it. So Like a straight-up crate engine from GM? Yep, just straight-up from GM. And it's just a LS3, but it has just like a, a fit-gen Camaro would have, but it has different fellow springs ls7 lifters i believe and just a better cam but or a, a higher lift cam nothing too crazy because that's I just like a good idea I'm, actually i'm sick of what happened last year last year was a finally buy a gold pass thinking we're gonna make it every event and i made it to you know four laps with my corvette at uh, grid life and, yeah and then you drove which, your you drove your girlfriend's fit the entire year yeah. which in the grand scheme of things is a bunch of people make fun of driving fits if you want to have a great time fits are so fun man 
they're so fun. They're not stressful. Hop in my Corvette. I'm just stressed out. Like, I'm going to crash and die, this and that. And I'm in a fire suit and all suited up and have fire suppression and all this stuff. And then you just <laughs> hop in a pit, and, you know, and got the air conditioner going on the way to the pit lane and turn it off when you get there. It doesn't suck, dude. There's, I mean, it's, it's not as fast. It's uh, not as fast. It's not at, like... But if you're in but, a crap of fits, like if you're in a bunch of Sunday Cup cars, oh, it's the best time ever. It's, it doesn't suck. You got like a Kia Rio up your ass, and like Matt Williams in front of you, and you just like you got music playing. It's the best. <laughs> it's kind of the only way to do it if you have done it. <laughs> so, no, I. Yeah. And I, I'm like, oh, I'm never gonna buy one again. Like, Sam can just have that, and then right. this last weekend I went and you know the grip lift taxis, and I. Rode around with uh, Dan Malloy and James right. Morgan and all this stuff, and just you know running into each other and it's pretty fun. You know, drafting and it's like, man, this is just—they don't care. They're blasting music, having a good time, and these people drive their cars here. They don't have a problem. Like Matt Williams lost a whole fucking wheel, sheared off all studs, and luckily I had studs, but he threw studs on. He never missed a session. He lost a whole wheel, went off course, and. Yeah, he was deep off in turn ten too last year. Yep, and it was it was no big deal. It yep, was fix one it. One hour later, he's fixed, fixed it. And in an hour, had parts for him. He drove it home. You right. know. Yeah, there's something what? to be said for those cars, but it also is like a good training ground to have like uh, a really fast car as well. So if you want to be faster in your fast car and you do a season of Sunday Cup, you're gonna be faster in your fast car. So. I I think so too. So yeah. seat time is still a thing. Seat time is definitely a thing, and that's why that was the original intention of my B6 one elite Camaro was I could just turn laps on it, and then I hit a tire wall with that. So, <laughs> did you fix that yourself? I forget. Yes, I did. Yeah. I, I don't like paying people to do things. I can do. I fixed uh, a lot of cars myself from salvage because it was a side gig for me for a while. Oh, okay. Me and my brother-in-law, I suppose. I guess, yeah. which is ex-brother-in-law because. I told not to marry my sister. She's a whore. We are. I'm pretty sure you've been over this in a slip angle before, but yeah, you might have been on a couple of uh, Patreon shows. Um, long story short, I told him not to marry her because he's. Hey, I'm going dating your sister. I'm like, ah, yeah, go fuck her. Everyone else does, but don't date her because she's a whore. And he's like, I'm going to marry her. Then my ex-girlfriend, who was a stripper, oh, one of one, yeah, she went to the strip club and ran into her like five days later. Yeah, and. He was telling her that he was going to date Tara or marry her, and he, she told him the same thing. He went to a strip club and got told not to marry someone, and he went through it. This is his own problem. This guy sounds he sounds a little lost. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's ever going to get married again. He learned his lesson. Oh, man. He's probably still paying her for something, too, isn't he? No, he actually went out pretty good in the divorce, luckily. Oh, man. That's uh, that's still not fun, uh, but no, probably he not. was warned. so. He was warned. He knew. Yeah. He knew. So, um, um, so let's go back to Corvette. So um, LS3, 525 horsepower. I got a Sam Sonus. Last year, even though it only ran like 30 laps, my ignition cup worked for upshifts, but it never did a throttle flip on downshifts. Right. Which was great. Upshifts are great. That's got to be so fun. Kind of, Flat upshifts. Uh, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. But last year it never did throttle flips and downshifts, so under braking zones it chattered rear end. You have to try to you know hit the throttle yourself and whatever. And this year 
after I got it tuned, the tuner changed what input it went to, and then must have not uh, programmed it again. But all Midwest Fest, I didn't have my no lift shift, and I was sitting there clutching it the whole time, and I was bitching to Jeremy Swenson. He's like, well, you just need to get an engineering box, which I have on order now. And he's like, have you just tried letting off the throttle and then pulling back and then letting on? I'm like, oh, my God, that just makes too much sense. So I started doing that, and that's just shaved off a whole bunch of time other than clutching my sequential. <laughs> Didn't do anything. So you weren't doing that? You were just trying to stay matted? I, I, no, I, no, I was clutching. I was matted, clutch, oh, just shifting yeah, like yeah. almost six feet. I honestly think my sequential at uh, Midwest Fest was actually slower than if I just kept my old six speed. Okay. Just my age pattern. Well, it sounds like a it sounds like a driver error to me. But... Yeah, it's definitely a driver error. Yeah. And well, a, a sequential a, a sequential is basically a straight bunch of straight cut gears, uh, but the shifter pattern pulls into them one through whatever straight. Yep. So you have to keep pulling the same direction. It goes through them sequentially, which is like an H versus like an H pattern. Um, and so a straight cut gear, if you match that, like if you unload it and pull straight in, it should drop right in if the dog rings and everything are correct. But Which upships, it was definitely still killer just with letting off throttle and yeah. matting back on it when it shifts. But downshifts, because... When I have a Tilton manual pedal box that I put in, because you know, because why not? Who who needs who needs uh, power brakes? And I know what I'm doing, and this is what real race cars use. And then when I was putting that in, I was gonna match up for heel toes. I'm like, oh, I'm putting a sequential in. Why would I ever match up my brake pedal to my heel toes? I'm never gonna heel toe again. I'm gonna spend money to get rid of the driver error. <laughs> <laughs> and. I thought I was never going to have to heel toe again, but this weekend a heel toe would have saved me a lot of time. But I'm like inches off of where a heel toe needs to be, so that's a problem. Yeah. So under braking zones and downshifts, it would just chatter the rear end and make the rear end side sideways and yeah, all sorts that, of fun stuff. Which that'll make you slower, but you still got to Group A. You still went fast. I still went reasonably fast. I was one thirty-seven zero one nine because every time I get close to breaking a barrier, I'm at a dot zero. What not uh, as bad what, as uh, what tires were you on? Um, two-year-old AO fifty-twos. That's an old tire. Yeah, not as bad as what? Um, I don't know. I have a whole stack of what I ran last year of my ACRs, but... Oh, that's right. You were an ACRs for them. Didn't tell you outlawed them. Now I, I got a whole stack in my garage. You want some ACRs? I do not. You and I have anything? I can't see the date codes here. I tried walking in here and seeing it, but <laughs> I got some slicks that came with my other shitty Camaro on top of them, so... Oh, Dalton, you're so entertaining. I enjoyed talking to you. But... So... Sorry, so I, that, sorry, I outlawed those AO50 or those uh, those ACR tires, though. It honestly probably needed to happen. Yeah, that's a freaking like you put the durometer into an ACR like versus a hot Hoosier, it's the same or like softer. Like that's a cheater tire, dude. No, one hundred percent. And I got my ACRs. I was, and I know it was faster than the ACRs I have with two ninety five front, which it just seems asinine on a Corvette that can fit three fifteens or three. 35s front but it's a super soft tire obviously yeah but mine were even when i was running my faster times it was those are 2018s last year right or 
2017s. Like, they're old tires that Jeremy Swenson had laying around and gave to me for basically nothing at the time. But now I have an overstock of them because those rear tires just don't wear out. Those 355s just don't wear out because you can't tire. spend 355s. Yeah, it's a big tire. Yeah. So, and I had goofy wheel setups with some chrome stock wheels and because they're 19s and who wants 19 inch wheels? <laughs> so big. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I was really, I was really happy to see the Corvette out there. Um, I was really happy to see you get up in the Group A. Uh, I think I was literally leaning over the railing, clapping at one point. Um, I know you, you, you messaged me saying good job staying out there in the rain. It was in the rain, so that was. Yeah. There was a lot more time in there. I had a 135 predictive, and if I put. No, you probably got a few seconds left in that car. That's uh, you figure some things out. You make it shift nice. Uh, you uh, you get used get to it. Get my ABS on. Yeah, what are you gonna do? You Which, gonna do MK60 or what? It's already in there and wired up. I just am too afraid to put the fuse on on the track, and I just need to take it out in the street and hit the brakes and make sure it does what I want it to do is what it's waiting for. But I have an 18 inch dipper from my garage, so I have to put it on a tra- <laughs> back a trailer up to my garage door load it on a trailer and then back it off a trailer and just right. go test it and then it's it should be done there's no reason it isn't done it's just <laughs> is that so i have mark 16 it wired up it was wired up all last year even are you serious it's been wired up for a year and a half now why don't you try because last year my car blew up did within you, three hours I and mean, then did you wire it correctly I haven't tried. I pulled the fuse before I did anything because I didn't want it to do anything <laughs> on track, unexpected. So. All right. Well, I mean, it might be time to uh, say, "Hey, I need a hardship lap." Uh, and. No, I should. I should have done that. At, but it's the first time my car's just ran and done no problems, so I wasn't gonna. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you were out there having a good time. You're smiling. So. I was smiling. I was working other stuff. So, if I, well, not if when I go to another good life. I'll uh, ask for a hardship lap, well, or we'll, we'll, you know what? We'll you know what's easier than the hardship lap and not putting the stress in your lap is just uh, pulling on the street and just going seventy miles an hour and mashing the brakes. Yeah, just go do that in, in front of your house. Yeah. I mean, I will. Yeah, it'll probably be okay if you did it right, but if you didn't do it right, you did it two years ago, so you, now you don't remember what you did. There's, there's really not that much to it because I got a good chunk of the factory wiring on yeah, they, the, they are simple, aren't they? The yaw sensor, and then I had the yeah. the two the two brake pressure sensors for the front and rear already wired up, and then other than that, it's wheel speed sensors, which are easy. And then you just have to have a negative sensor for the brake sensor. I'm probably missing one or two, but it's pretty simple. And I had my well, enough of this car stuff. Uh, do you have any interesting uh, stories? Because you have uh, 47 rental properties or an uncountable n- number of rental properties that you... Oh, I think it's 12. I'm buying another one, though. Yeah. I, it's 11 or 12, I think. I so, don't know. So how's the, I- how's the Iowa landlord game right now? I mean, I should be charging these people more, but I'm have a mild heart and don't like raising rent people that live there i don't know why didn't you buy most of these things for like 10 to twenty thousand bucks i haven't bought any for 10 i bought three for 20 that's so cheap three for twenty thousand dollars and 
the most expensive house I owned before three months ago, this house I live in was $47,000. And this house has an acre lot, a two-saw attached garage, and it has a two-story garage in the backyard. That is so cheap, dude. Yeah, I know, and that's why I don't leave Iowa. Do you know what $47,000 buys you in, like, any part of California? Um, It doesn't buy you anything. It doesn't buy you anything. It doesn't even buy you, like, a Civic. I was going to say, you won't even be a lot to put up a freaking tent. No, it doesn't buy you anything. $47,000 doesn't buy you anything in Chicago. Like, nothing. People wonder how I do what I do. It doesn't buy you a used minivan. It's it's not... uh... That is crazy. With anything more than living in the shittiest part of Iowa and living cheap. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have a bunch of good tenants, or do you have a, a bunch of good stories? Uh, <laughs> I've had a couple of shitty ones, and most of them are friends. But so, a couple I own fifty fifty with my dad. That we'll go over that one. That one was a meth head that he let move in. That me oh, and yeah, my I think you talked about in. this. Yeah. Did I talk about the meth head that I had a crack that. pipe fall out of his bag and a cop? Arrest him, but didn't arrest him because he was supposed to move out and all this stuff. I think I did talk about this yeah, on one did. of your Patreon. <laughs> I remember this. I haven't had any terrible ones since then. Just okay. nothing crazy. Just bought a couple more. Have you cause... had anybody steal all of your appliances? Because my only rental uh, landlord experience involved me losing all of my appliances. No, I haven't. Good. Well, don't actually... don't let it happen. It sucked. You had, you had a rental once and they yeah, stole everything. I, I, when, I, when, I was, like... when I was nineteen, I bought a rental house with my dad up in Michigan because I was going to college up there, and uh, and then I rented it to some buddies and like so for like four or five years it was just getting paid for, which was great. And but then the market tanked in like I don't know oh eight oh seven oh eight, and I just needed somebody to rent the house, so somebody rented the house and she seemed nice. She seemed a little weird. Uh, it turns out that was drugs. And then she, it was a boiler heat house, so it had, like, baseboard heating, you know? Yeah. Um, and she didn't pay the gas bill, and then the house froze, and then she moved out, stole all of my appliances. And then, like, a month after she let the entire house freeze, which means I had to cut all the walls apart um, and fix a lot of copper piping. Uh, but I didn't know this yet. But uh, the neighbor across the street calls me, and he's like, hey, there's a hole in the roof of your house, and I think that lady moved out. And I was like, oh. And I was like 21 at the time and super poor, making like 18000 bucks a year, working 3,000 hours a year, um, tr- just, just trying to like start a business, my construction company, which now I'm trying to shut down. Um, Are you trying to shut that down now? I'm just so busy, man. I want to do less things. I mean, I, I guess I, I'll, I'll probably always do it. I just want to like do it a little bit less. Um, but I, but like I'm I'm like struggling. I'm just getting, about to get married, and like my house up there has a hole in the roof. So I called the insurance company because I had insurance, and so they came out and looked at it, and they're like, "Yep, you got a big old hole." And I was up there, and the entire house basically needed to be gutted, and luckily. A microburst had gone over the house and sucked the roof off, and so they paid me a bunch of money. So I fixed the roof myself, and that was enough money because I didn't have any money. That was enough money to also repair the rest of the house. And then I sold it for what I owned it for, which sucked because now it's probably worth about $200,000 more because Grand Rapids is hot. (laughs) So, 
Yeah. Yep. It sucks. Whatever. Rental hosses are hard. I'm glad your rental hosses aren't the rental hosses that I had. Which I do have one. I have one sitting up here right now, and this is like the first one I bought. I, and long story short, I used to live in my dad's basement. My dad owns a massive Victorian house. My his basement apartment was 1,800 square foot. I had oh my gosh a three bedroom apartment in his basement, and it was 400 bucks a month when I graduated college. That's bigger great. than my literally bigger than my house. Yeah, it's it was awesome, and then you had free internet and free. Uh, water, sewage, and everything. But then a buddy asked me to move into his house that a renter was destroying and gave me a fair price and it closer to work and this and that. And then like three months later, it's like, like oh, I'm going to have a double price. I'm like, dude, I told you this was like, this price makes sense and I'll help you out. Otherwise, I have a great place. And then like, nope. So I just told him I'll be out in a month and I just bought the cheapest house in Shelton. That's the house now. So I moved in there, and I remodeled it, put forced air and central air and blah, 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 and I fixed it up reasonably nice. And then my neighbor was just the biggest asshole ever to call the cops and for parking on the street for more than 24 hours, which a block away is where my dad lived. And we parked our boat on the street for three months at a time. And just that guy would just call the cops on you for anything. So nice guy. then my roommate at the time, stepdad, offered me this house for $47,000. I'm like, okay, sweet. And I That's just moved so here. Cheap. He should have, dude, that guy also, so that guy's mom never paid child support, and she came back to Iowa. She, like, jumped states and then blah, 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 blah. She came back to Iowa. She owed, like, $22,000 of uh, child support or something stupid because she never made money. And she went to jail, and that same guy that sold me this house, his stepdad, Went to my dad like, oh, you have money. Can you co-sign a loan? Blah, 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 blah. Because oh, no. my buddy told him this. My dad co-signed a loan with it against this house. So if he defaulted on it, he would have got this house for $22,000. He got three Harley Sportsters that were within 10 years old and a 37-foot camper to co-sign this loan. Hmm. He sold them all for like $35,000 for co-signing a $22,000 loan. And the guy finished off the loan. What? Yep. And that was so wild. And then four years later, I bought his house that he spent, uh, I think it was like $95,000 he spent on this house, and he sold it to me for forty-seven because, uh, what was the story there? I think. This is the this is the house you're in right now. The house I'm in right now, yeah. Yeah, you're putting a 40 by 70 garage on. Yep. He, <laughs> at his, they were watching their grandkid, and then. Their kid finally got their head out of their ass, and then they moved somewhere, and they wanted to go be with their grandkids. So they wanted to sell the house to go buy. They bought, like, a $15,000 camper and then went and lived by the kids so they see their grandkid. Like, something completely asinine. They didn't, like, plan on buying a house, didn't do anything. They just moved into a camper. It's just, like, whatever. I bought a reasonably nice house for $47,000. lived here for six so years nuts. now. And That's nuts. It is crazy. It's not. That is nuts, dude. But... Oh, so then that <laughs> rental house, I, the first people I rented to, I it was the first rental house I had. I should have checked out in on them sooner, you know? Right. And they had a dog, and I I don't want to say, like, I'll never let a uh, pet at a house again because I have a German Shepherd, but he doesn't jump a shit, doesn't destroy shit, and that's what they had. But they couldn't be bothered to train it not to jump on trim or anything. Like, it dug holes through a hollow corridor, like, all the way through. <laughs> 
drip trim off the walls. Through the Upstairs, door. Upstairs, they, they locked it in rooms, and it dug all the way through the carpet. And just, I'd have to borrow an ozone generator because there's an ozone. I know a couple of buddies that work at an ozone generator yeah, thing that have, like, industrial ozone generators. Because the house smelled that bad. Yeah. That bad. It took a couple nights to run an like, industrial ozone generator <laughs> to get, like, ripped all the carpet flooring out, all the hardwood flooring out, because yeah. I put hardwood flooring and brand brand new carpet when they moved in. So this is my bad one. It yeah, is. That's the bad one. I knew you had that's, some kind of problems. That's the bad one. So There's I've never a... had a dog dig through a hollow core door, but... <laughs> That's like actually kind of hard to do. Um, there's a certain kind of smell. Uh, have you ever had anybody that's had a really bad like chemical drug habit? No, but uh, my one coworker buddy has. He had someone making meth in one of his apartments. Dude, and there's a smell. That place was terrible. There's a smell that uh, I'll never forget it. And I often work on the south side of Chicago in like seedy motels. We've got we've got some contracts with some motels where we stock the the glass size that their entire hotel is, because that's how often the thermal panes get broken. Like somebody throws a chair through a window, and they're like, "Oh, better get another glass." And rather than wait two weeks, we just like, "All right, well, for X amount of dollars, we'll just inventory three of your glasses all the time." Um, and, that bad? Oh yeah, it's a thing. And uh, so they prepay for glasses, basically. And we just keep them ready to go so we can go out and swap them out. And there's a certain smell that comes with, like, a real drug habit. I'm not even sure what it is, but I think it's crack. And it is real bad. And the first time that I ever smelled crack was in my rental house. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like a, it's a weird, burny chemical smell. And I am not a fan. Um, and now that is the smell that I associate with rental houses, and I don't know if I ever want to own a rental house. <laughs> so. It's it's a bittersweet deal, I, I think. Mean, obviously, these people are paying off real estate for you. While a twenty-thousand-dollar house makes sense. I make good money on it, but I think to make money, you have to be a way bigger asshole than I am. Yeah, but you got to buy it right, and you're buying them right at least. So. I buy most of them right, and I make an equity. Right. I don't make too much money up front, sadly, which no, I would whatever. imagine. Yeah, I would imagine you're not putting a lot of money in your pocket. The worst part is, is I saying that, but uh, some of my houses have five and seven year loans, and and I have like two years left, and then I'll be making money on those houses pretty oh, damn well. So we're gonna have lots I'm of Corvettes, things. lots of Samsonises. So. Yeah, lots of Samsonises, lots yeah. of tires that aren't three years old maybe that'll help yeah dude we're gonna buy like a trailer that's not cracking in half it's gonna be sick. i've been looking at them and it's so depressing just just throw a bunch of steel at yours and paint it it'll be fine no that's probably what's gonna happen i'm i want to spend money on it but i'd rather spend money on a a semi toter with a couple bunks than i would a right. trailer because i have the skills to rip apart a trailer and reinforce the shit out of it yeah you can zap weld some things man it'll be fine i got all sorts of welders in my yeah. house not in my garage because my yeah. garage isn't big enough yet well you, you're getting there it sounds like you're doing that too so. my dog is all pissed off all right well we uh we made a podcast i'm i'm tired i'm gonna go to bed and you i don't even know if we finished the corvette talk but no yeah, we totally we're good. did we talked about the engine the trans you blew it up you met sam at nola i was gonna say so we got I'm just saying, uh, I just want to come up with excuses of why I was so slow. You I do weren't think that slow. More... You were fine. You were fine. I was just I happy to see you that out there. Is, 
450 wheel horsepower to run a 137 is not fast. No, it's not the fastest thing in the world, but it's totally respectable. It's totally fine. I think. Wish especially I especially well, on three year old used tires. And this, uh, I honestly think that sequential is slower than it should. Well, slower than a, the six speed would have been. But well, you gotta get this dialed, and it won't be. Which that's my own problem for not having a dial car because I like doing anything myself. And what is the what is the like you need like a, a blipper box or what are you gonna get? Yeah, engineering whatever those they say GCU gearbox control right. unit I think is what they call it. So it does ignition cut and throttle blips, which right. which is another sore subject because my standalone I went with was supposed to do all that, and that's why I went with this standalone, and it's not that great. Is there like a strain gauge on the shifter or? Yeah, it has a load cell strain gauge on the shifter cable. Right. So and I already had that wired up, and that's how the ignition cut worked last year. Which right. there's nothing better than I even in Pike's Peak. I went out on the street, and I don't know how fast I was going because I don't have a speedometer, but went the interstate there and just slammed some gears. And there's nothing much better than just slamming gears on a sequential. I don't think. The only experience I have with that is on my little sports racer, which you actually hauled to Midwest last year. And, yep. and that's a bike motor. Um, but, but you have to clutch, don't you? No, you don't have to clutch. You just have to lift a little bit. Um, See, that's not ignition cut. Once I get this thing dialed in, you yeah. might have to just take it for a spin. Yeah, that sounds real fun. Like once you, when you only have to pull on the lever and it does all the things for you. <laughs> yep. We'll yeah. have to figure it out. But yeah, it is. It sounds well, really fun. I stayed up way too late. I'm I'm super glad that you got the car back together. Um, I am so glad I just had a trouble-free weekend for the first time in almost two years. Dude, and you should have seen your thing. you should have seen your hot tub. It was amazing. I am so disappointed in that. Next year, Midwest, we'll have to. Oh, maybe we can get Tommy to bring it to Mid Ohio, but I still need to get a Mid Ohio ticket. I'll, I'll, I'll bet Tommy's going to bring it to Mid Ohio. He is bringing me in Ohio. That's my 30th birthday, so I used me a ticket, too. You're still that young, dude? Oh, my gosh. Until mid-Ohio. Mid-Ohio Friday or Saturday night, I'll be turning 30. Good for you, Dalton. Getting it done. So Sam will have some stupid fucking thing planned. Yeah. I I vaguely remember, because it was the same weekend last year, I vaguely remember there being a birthday party for you. She blew freaking confetti right behind my head. Okay, I thought you were going to lane with that. Right from your trailer. <laughs> I was I was joking. I I was making a. You said she blew, and I was making a joke about that. Oh, she did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh. If it's she always, ever listens to this, you're gonna be so mad. It's always a good time with Dalton around. We'll uh, we'll have to do this again. I appreciate you being our uh, our our fun fill-in week of uh, post Audubon hangover podcast. So. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right, man. Let me know if you're coming to Audubon if you want to run a dyno or something for me. I'll see what I got going on. Yeah. I yeah. might be pouring footings, but if not, I'll come hang out. It sounds like your garage is 18 inches too high, so you might want to get some things done. So. Yeah, I need some concrete in there. All right, we'll talk to you soon, bud. Later. Bye. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit City Grid Live to say hello. Hello.